0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: You're listening to Tony Telecasts from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the
0: inside out. I'm Mo Brady. And I'm Aaron Albano. Another day, another destiny
1: This never-ending road to Calvary Welcome, listeners, to our mini-series about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history.
0: In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards, not only the performances, but the opening and the speeches, all of it, the whole thing, to see how it reflects on the season as a whole. So let's dive back in and talk more about the 1987 Tony Awards. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Okay, let's get into these performances. We start off for Best Musical with a performance by me and my girl doing The Lambeth Walk. This is a 27-member ensemble. We've got Bill Ryle, current member of Wicked, Cleve Asbury. Like This is a fascinating number to me, because it looks like the audience is eating it up, and I can't really figure out why. (laughs) That is (laughs) absolutely It's led by um Tony award winning Robert Lindsay. Going into the audience there's an infectious number, there's audience participation. My favorite is that they like go
1: into the audience to get out of the way for the dancers, the actual <laughs> dancers, cuz they were just giving you like a good electric slide toward the beginning of the number.
0: It is a very clearly structured number, right? It's like it is, it is the number where like one person starts doing a dance and everyone else is like, what are you doing? A dance? Yes. And then okay. two more people join them and then four more people join them and then more and then everybody joins them and then the audience joins in. It is like the structure of the number is very clear. It also maybe is like the same lyrics or chorus over and over again. like It
1: eight, is 100% the same lyrics and chorus over and over and over again.
0: So it's like very clearly built and it seems to work very well coming at it like not knowing a thing about me and my girl not knowing a thing about this number i was like huh <laughs> they really love that don't they
1: they really did and i was like i could use maybe a verse or two but <laughs> i guess we're good with 47 choruses of just over the and same over and over and over again <sighs> uh
0: I did not like the number. <laughs> this is the kind of number that I would have watched as a child and been like, oh, I can be on Broadway. Look, you smile, you swing your arms a little bit, you step on counts. Look, Broadway. Uh huh. We can quickly move on to the second number. <laughs> Which is Starlight Express. Starlight Express. This is the first time I have ever seen anything from Starlight Express, Aaron. Same. Same. This is a performance of the titular song, Starlight Express, and then Mm -hmm. um, a clip of what I assume is a number called Light at the End of the Tunnel. Uh, We see 20 onstage company members, including Marianne Lamb, Jane Krakowski, Andrea McCardle, Joey McNeely likes we got Wait, some, Jane Kukowski's like, in there? Yeah. She's I think she's Dinah. She's the dining car. Okay. Yeah, she's the dining car. Cool. What is going on? Like what is know. the plot <laughs> of the thing? I am okay. unclear.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. They're playing trains. Yeah,
0: they're playing trains.
1: Or train cars. I don't think they're cars. I think they're actual trains. I think, like, one person is one train. One person is another train. Oh, sure, but there's, like, Rocky...
0: An... There's, like, Rocky 1, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, so...
1: Oh, so those are, like, different
0: cars and to And, like, one the train. dining car wouldn't be in its own train. It would be a part of a larger...
1: Okay, fair. I'm just saying, as a former cat, I have a bone to pick with Charlotte Express. Because... For all the hate that we get for playing Cats, these people are playing trains. I love that you say that as if it's worse. (laughs) And my immediate reaction is I'm like, it is, but I guess it might not be. I mean, they're both wrecked, but the Cats gets far more shade because we're playing still living beings. But you got a full company here playing trains
0: it's like a race right there's like a i think the plot is that there's like a a train race that's not someone race. said
1: that it's like the little engine that could but trains like
0: that feels right so the opening the first song we see is like a man kind of like standing behind like young ingenue and it's like the the young train being like i want to Drive fast. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> okay. So the opening I thought was weird. Also, this number is interesting because they do most of the first half on stage at the Mark Hellinger. And then we see a recorded clip from the Gershwin itself. Uh huh. And we can really see the set. This set is incredible. All right. And I will say, like, all my shade to John
1: Napier aside, this set's pretty fierce.
0: It is got like a track around the It has like a like a pit. like a skate pit in the middle of it. There's like multiple bridges. Yeah. Two bridges that are above the stage that go up and down and also tilt. Yeah. The second number is basically just the entire company roller, skating, roller skating fast around the space.
1: I mean, all my shade aside, it is thrilling to watch. I was like, this looks cool. This looks fun. It's
0: like a Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah. Like you would sort of, you could sort of like watch and be like admire the visual imagery and the expertise, but you wouldn't necessarily be too invested in the plot.
1: Yeah. Did you like the performance? Yeah. Again, all of my shade to the actual show as an offended cat aside, they're blowing at the beginning. Whoever that little Thomas the Tank engine right at the beginning.
0: Rusty is his character's name. Is that his name? Yes. Cool. See, I should get off my high horse about cats. Oh, yeah. What are you going to say? Like, Rusty is his name? Mm. Uh huh. Bombell Ugh, that's a real name. <laughs> and then, like, when it
1: jumps to the footage in the Gershwin, like, as a child i would have lived hell not even as a child me today was like living watching all of the clips of them skating all over that theater was cool did you like it how was it how'd you like it
0: yeah i mean i'm sort of spoiling my yelp review but what performance made the show look better than it was i mean i don't know the show but i (laughs) was entertained Our third performance was from Rags. They performed the song Rags. This is the show that ran 18 previews and four performances in this very theater. Two onstage performers, Dick Latessa and Judy Kuhn, you know, they must have like teched the show, previewed the show, did their opening weekend, closed the show, and then six months later, they're like back in the same space looking at the same audience that they basically did six months earlier that must have been a trip
1: yeah it must have been wild
0: it is interesting me the show is nominated for five awards right like this is a flop like this is a for realsies flop four performances four performances and it's like got a pretty decent showing at these awards not only in their nominations but in the performance what do you think of the performance
1: judy kuhn better sing I mean, I love Judy Kuhn. I love everything that she does, right from Pocahontas all the way to Fun Home. I will watch Judy Kuhn sing anything. But her performance in this, she's selling tickets that aren't available anymore.
0: <laughs> she's selling tickets to Lame Miz, the other <laughs> musical this season that she performed. Real talk. That she is a leading lady in.
1: She's so good in this performance. And, like, it's closed. It's closed. It's closed. It's wild. That, like, they even get a performance, that it's not, like, B-roll footage. Like, did they even tour? They must have toured, right? Maybe not. Probably not. I don't know. They're getting very acclaimed treatment for a show that did not commercially do very
0: well. Yes. This
1: would never happen now. Never, 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 never.
0: The Deaf West Spring Awakening, they brought the band back together. They did touch me for, I mean, but that was also supposedly to launch a national tour that never went out. Fair. Hmm. Our fourth performance uh, was a little show called Les Miserables. Ever heard of it? It's a little
1: unknown show.
0: (laughs) It's so interesting to hear Angela Lansbury describe the show to people who may not know the show, right? Sure. Les Miserables, I would argue, is perhaps the most well-known musical in the world, right? Yeah. At least, if if not the definitely high on the list so to like explain it to people who don't know it she says the creators found their inspiration in both the traditions of grand opera and American musical comedy the story is of people's fight to better themselves as seen through the life of one man to me that's a great explanation of Les Miserables that's sort of like the best one I've ever heard versus now if you were like trying to explain La Miz, you'd be like it's Les Miz. like yeah like, <laughs> Yeah, You wouldn't have to explain it. So it was was a fantastic explanation, I thought. Also, so interesting to see this pairing of numbers as the Tony performance, maybe because it is perfect. It is the combination of at the end of the day and one day more. I'm not sure if it's a good Tony performance in terms of the songs chosen. Um, Me watching it, I was like, I've seen this a thousand times.
1: Well, yeah, we have seen this a thousand times, but I think like, Let's be real. One Day More in any generation is thrilling as fuck. So even just viscerally, even if you don't know who or what is happening on stage, you're getting like that visceral excitement about wanting to go watch the show, which is probably what sold tickets. Because what else would they have done? Like...
0: I thought it was weird that they opened with at the end of the day, to be honest. It's, oh, not, okay. it's not a flashy number. I love at the end of the day. Like, you give me, like, an ensemble with, like, unnecessary Cockney accents, like, staggering <laughs> for, staggering forward on very specific counts.
1: Sure. And there's so many of them. There's so many people.
0: 30 onstage cast members.
1: Here's my question. Do you think Randy Graf is chilling in the at the end of the day section? Because Fontaine is dead by the time we're at One Day More. But yeah,
0: I would say it's very, it's very hard. It's hard to know whether like she would have wanted that check and said, oh, yeah, I want to be on stage.
1: Well, because also in the original staging, Fontaine's like in the ensemble for the rest of the show, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that part of lame is the Lame is history is fascinating that it all comes out of like very sort of like ensemble based theater. And they're like mm-hmm. very much about the creation of the characters in this thing versus now. I feel like you look at Lamiz and you're like, oh, there's like eight leads and then a bunch of people doing a bunch of stuff in the back.
1: <laughs> Fair. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think what's re- most remarkable to me about this performance is how. One Day More has not wavered. Uh. Like, that is exactly the way that we see it in all of the PBS great performances, concerts. Like, if you went and saw the show, that's how they would do it now. You'd have the Tenardies popping up from the floor doing the thing. You know, you do the step. Yeah. The front and the side, and there's the the gay in the back with the big red flag. Like it all <laughs> looks exactly the same.
1: I mean it's iconic at this point. It's it's as iconic as like the Bennett choreography in chorus line. Like you don't change it. And if you change it, people look at you funny.
0: You're right. It's like the finale. It's one. One is yeah. not necessarily particularly complicated in a chorus line. It's like one person comes out at a time, they bow, and then they do that weird butt thing to the back corner while everyone <laughs> else bows, right? Uh-huh. And yet is exactly what the moment requires, I guess.
1: Yeah. I guess it's an aspect of like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I guess here's a question, because I didn't see the most recent revival of Lamez. is Did this maintain?
0: Yeah, they still do this.
1: So then, yeah, like, nope, if it's not broke. Because despite changing everything else about the show in that revival, they kept one day more.
0: Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: All right, it's time for our Yelp review. Uh, which we always start with which performance made the show look better than it was. What do you say, Aaron?
1: Rags, because again, clearly it did not do well for performances later, but I would have bought a ticket to this. What about you?
0: Starlight Express. And honestly, because like that was a good commercial to me. I was like, I would agree with that. Whoa, that set is massive. I want to know what happens in that theater. It's
1: it has like audience appeal. You're right in the same way, like a Cirque show. Has audience appeal? Yeah. Like, you just want to see the roller skating. What performance made you want to buy a ticket?
0: I mean, for all of my qualms about Les Mis, one day more works. You're right. It's a strong number. It's not broke, so we're not going to fix it. What about you, Aaron? Fences. I mean, that performance is so good. Again,
1: a play. A play. If you give me a performance from a play... I will like the play. You hear that, the American theater wing. <laughs> Do not put their props on your like pedestals and you just show me the actors acting. I will like the play. And when it's, when those actors are Courtney B. Vance and James Earl Jones, I will buy a ticket. Um, what speech moved you the most?
0: You know, it was the most fascinating speech for me in a few ways. It was Michael McGuire for Les Mis, okay. who won a Tony Award angel ross yes there's like three things i want to point out about this speech and two of them don't have anything to do with being moved <laughs> one is when he says i'd like to thank my wonderful girlfriend susan stroman and the audience oz literally it's so funny to see young susan stroman like beaming at this guy and i'm like i know who you are susan strova you're gonna be famous <laughs> real quick um uh-huh the second is the fact that Anjo Ross is a Tony Award winning role. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. Never. In 2020, we would nominate 4,000 Tenardiers and Madame Tenardiers before we nominated an Anjo Ross for a Tony Award. That's real. That's fair. It's just like not the role we think of as
1: like meaty Well, No, because he doesn't. He doesn't have an arc. He leads and then he dies. Like, I guess that is an arc, but not a very compelling arc.
0: Yeah, I just never would have guessed that that was like meaty enough to get a tony award he did say something kind of nice his very last moment in his speech he says more important than anything i'd like to acknowledge the magnificent and versatile ensemble of les miserables they are the backbone of the show and they each deserve one of these awards mm-hmm. so between the susan stroman shout out my questioning about how Angel ross was a tony award-winning role and then he shouts out the ensemble i was like great i'm done you win what about you which speech moved you the most
1: okay Negative moving, John Napier, because asshole. Go back to part one. (laughs) (laughs) Positive moving, I think I'd have to say Linda Lavin.
0: Oh, yeah. She won
1: for Broadway Bound. She gets on stage, like, screaming, A. Like, she's, like, just open-mouthed, gagged at whoever's giving it to her. I forget who, who gave her the award. But she says, like, this is my first Tony. And she's so earnest in having wanted it. She's like... I've thought of nothing else in the last 30 days. I've missed entrances. I've flubbed lines. I've written this speech 3 million times. I'm like, and everybody like loves it. Everybody's like eating it up that it's so beautiful. It's that sort of earnestness. Only someone very well loved in this community can deliver that kind of earnestness in wanting something and get away with it. It's so honest and authentic that like, I want her to have five more Tony Awards.
0: It is nice to see someone be like, I really wanted this because it means something to me. Yeah. Biggest surprise win, Aaron. I think my biggest surprise wins are the
1: best actor and best actress category that went to the Me and My Girl leads. Not because they didn't deserve it, because I'm sure that they did. It's more so that there was such a lack of Me and My Girl love in this night, despite... The audience living for the performance?
0: They were doing the Lambeth walk. They were doing it.
1: <laughs> that I was just like, oh. Not in like a how dare they, but like they were surprising to me. How about you?
0: My biggest surprise is that Eponine and Angel Ross are the two Tony Award winning roles from yeah. Les Rob. Like, it is not Javert. It is not valjean it is not a Thenardier. it's not
1: fontaine it's no like no nothing it's not marius it's not <laughs> yeah i see Eponine more than i see Andre Ross, but again maybe i i'm biased because
0: we love a girl in a trench coat and a page boy
1: <laughs> that is belting at the top of that too yeah
0: <laughs> yeah uh would you recommend watching
1: i think i'm good i wouldn't say like avoid it at all costs but i think it's a fine telecast I mean, if you're wanting an example of how not to show grace, then watch it because you do, get that in droves from Sean Napier. Do
0: you really need to watch the 1987 Tony Awards to learn how not to show grace on national television? I feel like we've got that pretty dumb pat. Fair, fair, fair. How not about you? Not only is it not graceful, it is somewhat shocking the way he does it that I would say. Yeah. If you are going through the Tony Awards for like most impactful moments, that John Napier speech is really uncomfortable well
1: because again i had like the whiplash of like thinking he was doing something very altruistic and then realizing he was just being that much more of like an entitled prick that i was just like oh get out of here get out of here
0: all right so google john napier's speech but the rest of it you can you can leave unless you're me and my girl stan and then
1: jump on in and then lambeth walk all the way to 2021
0: So, this time uh, we asked you guys, our listeners on Instagram, which Tony Awards you wanted us to review and discuss. Again, thank you, Linda, for this great suggestion of looking back on the 1987 telecast. Yay,
1: thanks, Linda. To join us for our next Tony's Recap, be sure to do your homework with us on the 2019 Tony Awards, mm-hmm. which was suggested to us on Instagram by Joan. Thanks, Joan. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Aaron Albano.
0: And me, Mo Brady. Special thanks to Wasif Sammy for the background research on this week's Tony season. Please rate and review The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Our Patreon members have on-demand access to our full archive, including full conversations with our guests and early access to episodes, like this one. You can support us for between $5 and $20 a month at patreon.com slash The Ensemblist.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time.